0: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. And everything's in order... In its proper place, neatly sorted and labeled. All the items of suspense, mystery, terror, and the macabre. It only remains to mix and brew. Of all sad words of tongue and pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. It might have been. What might have been could we but recall that hasty word that heedless act yes indeed had we but known then what we know now how different things would be today or at least that's what we like to tell ourselves but would things really be different my boy you take an unnecessarily dim view do you realize i'm going to hang tomorrow morning (laughs) perhaps perhaps not what do you mean perhaps not Tomorrow we'll come and go and you will still be alive. How? You will not be here in this place. How am I going to get out? Leave that to me. Look around you. Guards, doors, locks. How could I possibly get out? They will all disappear. What are you talking about? Look. Look. What? What happened? Who are you? Who are you? Our mystery drama, The Garrison of the Dead, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Mandel Kramer. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. alibi, from the Latin alias ibi, which means to be somewhere else, which is precisely the idea of the thing, no? If you are required to commit a murder in one place, you must make sure you can prove you were someplace else at that exact time. This point is so elementary, so simple, one might consider it too obvious to be worthy of mention. Perhaps... But the executioners have been kept busy and the prisons full... ...by those forgetful folk who neglected the basics. And no one is more aware of this than Andrew Macefield. Tonight, it will be necessary for Andrew Macefield to murder Jerome Carlson. It is a serious and most dangerous business. And of course, Andrew would rather not do it. But we live in a world where a man does what he must... Hello, Jerry. Andy Macefield. Thought you were in jail. Quit the comedy, Jerry. You knew I was out on bail. You gonna ask me to come in? No. Jerry, I've gotta talk to you. Whatever you and I would have to talk about has already been said. Jerry, you gotta give me a break. I know all your stories by heart. Then try to understand. And remember, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. What's this? You? You dare to quote the Bible? Sure I dare. After all, the Bible was written more for me than it was for you. Can't oh, okay, get over this. Are you gonna make me stand outside? Behold, there has risen a new Andrew Macefield from the ashes of the old. Or has there? Enter, Andrew. Ah, all alone. By yourself, hmm? Spoken with your usual flair for the redundant, Andrew. Well, what revelations have you to share with me? Jerry. Jerry, do you want me to go to jail for ten years? Actually, I would want you to go to jail for life. And pay a half million dollars in fines? That money never belonged to you. Jerry, I'll give you half. That's your cut to keep your mouth shut. So, there really isn't a new Andy Mason. A quarter of a million, Jerry... How many magazine stories do you have to write before you can see a quarter of a million? I'm sorry. Jerry, give me a break. I trusted you, Jerry. I helped you. You came to me. You said you wanted to do an article on how a real estate development is put together. I did. Because I thought we'd become friends. I told you things, well, off the record. And now you're going to go to court tomorrow morning and you're going to testify. That's right, Ed. Well, doesn't friendship impose a certain obligation? There's a higher obligation. To what? To the law. Look, what I told you was strictly on the QT, Jerry. And why? To let you in on a good thing, give you a chance to make some money. You mean give me a chance to break the law. Oh, law? What's so holy about the law? People break the law every day. Didn't you break the law a couple of years ago when you wrote an article telling young guys how to avoid military service? That was a matter of conscience. What you really mean is it's all a matter of personal taste. Perhaps. Perhaps. But my taste doesn't run to swindling, poor, ignorant people out of their life's sake. Grow up, Jerry. These are suckers who were born to be taken. We've been through all this, Andy. I guess we have. So you're going to walk into that courtroom tomorrow and explain to the jury just how I separated those suckers from their dough? I think it's time we said goodbye. Yes, it is. In more ways than one. But you... You're crazy to point that gun at me. Crazy? This is the only thing that makes any sense. I offered you money, no dice. I tried to appeal to your friendship, no good. So now I have to kill you. You can't get away with it. Why not? Everybody knows you'd stop at nothing to prevent me from testifying. You threatened me in public. You're the only one with a motive. Threats, motives, they won't matter. I'm going to have an alibi. How how could you hope to prove that you didn't... A guy like me never hopes. He plans. Now, on my watch, I've got exactly 9.57. The coroner is going to fix the time of your death at exactly 10 p.m. Oh, oh, Andy, put that gun away. You think this is a joke, huh? No, Jerry. It's on the level. But I'm going to have an alibi. Marguerite. Huh? Huh? Oh, oh, that's that's the best I've ever heard Marguerite Why is it so funny? Because Marguerite is not that kind of woman who, who, Who could commit perjury Your problem is you don't know people, Jerry You don't know what makes them go Marguerite may have all those letters after her name But underneath it She's just a woman now, hold it, and she loves to be treated like a woman. Marguerite is in love with me. She thought well, she was until I came along, and besides, I'm going to give her ten grand. Oh, I, I can't believe it. Oh, now, with my left hand, I'll just pick up this phone. I'll put it down and dial. I'm dialing Marguerite, and you'll be able to hear for yourself. Go ahead. Pick it up, Jerry. Talk to the lady yourself. Uh, hello, hello, Marguerite? Who is this? It's me, Jerry. Marguerite, Andy's gone crazy.
1: He's here pointing a gun at me. Oh, no, Jerry. Andy can't be there. Huh? He's here with me. No, no, he's here. He, he wants to kill me. Now, oh, dear, he can't be at your place. He's right here and he's angry. He's no. yelling at me. Just, no. just listen. Marguerite, listen to me. You listen, Jerome. Here for yourself. You're not going to make a monkey out of me. You're not going to go running around with every time Dick, and Harry the minute I turn my back. Oh, shut up, Andy, and give me a rest. You see, Jerome? Andy and I are having a fight. No. So, call me back later. No, no. Marguerite!
0: Marguerite! Hang up, Jerry. That's all there is. No, listen. My voice is on a tape recorder. That apartment has thin walls. Now you know how neighbors love to listen to a lover's quarrel. So Marguerite will swear that I was with her. No, plenty of no. people will swear they heard me. But, but if I'm dead, everyone will know that you killed me. What everyone knows and what everyone can prove are two different things, Jerry. But, I've got the alibi. You won't get away with it. How could I be here to shoot you dead at 10 p.m. when I was in Marguerite's apartment in North Hastings, 35 miles away? That car of yours, that loud, flashy car. Someone sure don't spotted it. I'm not using my car tonight. I'm driving marguerites, mousy little... Andy, Andy! what? You want to make a deal now, Jerry? It's too late. Timing, Jerry. Well, Timing is everything in life. Who, who besides you would, would, would kill me? Take who? your watch, your ring, your wallet, break the back window. You won't call the police. I remember that you told me that civilized men build the cities and then the barbarians sweep down from the hills and destroy them. Well, the barbarians is again. It won't again. work. It won't work. Just something will go wrong. Nothing. Listen. Absolutely nothing is going to go wrong. Andy, At 10 o'clock tonight, I won't be here. Handy. Marguerite will swear that I was 35 miles Handy, away. Handy, think of what you're doing. Where think. has the time gone? It's exactly 10 o'clock. No. No, no. It, it, it's fast. Goodbye, my best and only friend. No. <laughs> You've got to believe I'm sorry, Jerry. That's the only way you'd have it. Hello, hello, hello. We're here to bring you dough. This is Harvey Hopkins, old hop-around arm, who brings you dough for just being at the right place at the right time. Timing, as they say, is everything in life. It is now exactly three minutes after 10 p.m., and we're at a location where <laughs> we are at the intersection of Route 6 and Main Street, and we have our special police motorcycle escort, and tonight, he's Sergeant Jim Cassidy. Say hello to all the folks, Jim. Good
1: evening. That was
0: Jim saying good evening to everybody, but Jim will have a special good evening for you personally if you happen to a drive past the intersection of Route 6 and Main, and B, if you have an R and a 5 on your license plate, yes, sir, an R and a 5, an R and a 5 will make the jackpot, which is $650. All that money for an R and a 5 on your license plate, and if you're the first one to pass the intersection of Route 6 and Main, it is now precisely four minutes after 10 p.m. and... I do believe we've got a winner because, yes, yes, Sergeant Cassidy is gunning up that motorbike and he's after a car that has just passed by us here at Route 6 of Maine and off we go in hot pursuit! Yes, sir, yes, sir, the Sergeant's overtaken him, or her as the case may be, and we have got a winner! Please pull over, sir! What's the matter? What have I done? What do you want? Please pull over, sir! What's the meaning of this, officer? Sir, I'm very happy to inform you that you have just won the jackpot. Yes, sir, folks. He doesn't believe it. I can tell from the look on his face that now, he look, does I don't not believe it. time to stay here. You don't have the time to reach out and grab $650. Well, do you mind if I just... The money to... is yours now. What's your name, sir? Please, I don't the have The rules to... and regulations compel us to give this money to the driver of any car with R and 5 on his license plate who... I passes. don't have an R and a 5 on my plate. Is, is that true, Sergeant? His plate number is R55. Man, you've got it in but I tell you, I don't have a... Don't you even know your own license plate number? This isn't my car. It isn't your car? No, it belongs to a friend, so if you don't mind, I'll be on my way. Uh, one moment, sir. May I see the automobile registration? What do you want to see the registration for? May I see it, please? Now, look, I am a law-abiding citizen. May I see the registration and your driver's license? But I haven't done anything. Friend, all we want to do is give you $650. Your license, please. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Look out, everybody! Well, how do you like that? We offer a fellow $650, and he turns into a wild beast. Well, here goes Sergeant Cassidy in pursuit! The obvious thing here would be to quote from Bobby Burns, the best laid plans of mice and men gang off to Glay. We could quote him. But we won't, because, uh, really, the plan didn't go wrong. The plan was fine. Something else went wrong. But what? And how? Where? When? Well, we're really only a third of the way home. You can't expect to know everything right now, can you? I'll return shortly with Act Two. the old Russian proverb he that is fated to drown can even drown in a cup of water and so it is with our friend Andrew Macefield except Andrew will not drown he will hang he will hang for the murder of Jerome Carlson and of course you know why when that beautifully crafted alibi suddenly collapsed the judge and jury made quick work of the case the date for the hanging has already been set And the days, if we may quote that beautiful song, are dwindling down to a precious few. I I couldn't help it. It was him or me. I, I didn't want to do it. He was my friend. Tell him, Jerry, tell him. We were friends, tell him, tell him we were friends, Jerry. We were friends. And you know it was nothing personal. You don't hold it against me, do you? Do you, Jerry? Oh, no, Andy. Certainly
1: not. I don't hold it
0: against you. You see, he forgives me. He forgives me. Tell him.
1: Tell him. I forgive
0: you. You should have said so at the trial, Jerry. You should have said so. I did, Andy. But no one was listening to me.
1: I was helping.
0: Help me. Somebody's got to help me. I don't want to hang. I'll
1: help you, Andy. I'll swear you spent the whole evening at my apartment. That's no good.
0: You're supposed to have brains. You teach college. Don't you know that's no good? How could I have been with you when the cops picked me up? Oh. She
1: never had much
0: practical knowledge. Jerry. Jerry, they're going to hang me. Yes.
1: Somebody has to help me. I'll help you. I'll swear you were in my apartment. Crazy dame, that won't work.
0: Somebody's got to do something. I don't want to hang. Somebody do something. Gin. Jin. Huh? Yeah, I guess you got it. I must say, Mr. Fallowfield... Your mind doesn't seem to be on this game. You could be right, Mr. Parris. You've got a faraway look in your eyes. I'm thinking about somebody. Who? A fellow named Macefield. Andrew Macefield. Andrew Macefield. Would he happen to be your client by any chance? He would. Well, what about him? He's going to hang tomorrow morning. Why? Murder. Did he do it? Oh, yes. Yes, he did it. No question about it, he did it. Then, that should be that. I know, but... But what? Well, I know what it is to be hanged. I know from personal experience, the hard way. But you were innocent. That didn't make it any easier to take. Well, what can you do? You're his guardian angel. But you did what you could. <laughs> I still think I failed him. We can only advise. We're not supposed to go down there every time a client gets in a jam. Maybe I don't know how to communicate, Mr. Paris. You win some, you lose some. After tomorrow, you'll be assigned to somebody else. Yes. Oh, there he goes again. I'm going down there. Okay. But don't say I didn't warn you.
1: It's not right.
0: It's not right. Help me, please. Somebody's got to help me. Mr. Maxfield. Mr. Maxfield. What? Hey, 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 hey. Hmm? What do you want? Oh. oh, it's you Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, me, Al, the guard It's not time yet It's not time yet No, 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 it ain't no one near time You said you'd let me know in advance You, you said you'd give me plenty of warning. Sure, sure, sorry I had to wake you But you got a visitor A visitor? Yeah oh, You've got to be joking Who would want to see me? I would What? Who are you? May I come in? What do you want? Well, I want to discuss your case. My case? Uh, Yes. (laughs) My case? What case? I've been turned down everywhere by everybody. Is that a fact? It's gone all the way to the Supreme Court. I don't have a case. I've decided to hear it. May I come in? My name is Farrowfield. Are you a lawyer? Because if you are, you're wasting your time. I've run out of appeals. Besides, I don't have a dime left to my name. I'm not a lawyer. I'm your guardian angel. You're my... I'll get this nut out of here. Don't make so much noise. What's the angle? Come on, level with me, buddy. After all, I'm an old hustler myself. Well, I'm really not supposed to be here. Is that a fact? I want you to have another chance. But you have to convince me... This is going to be my last night in this world. You've been saying you've got a bad deal. Now tell me, why? Why is it a bad deal? You killed Jerry Carson, didn't you? Why shouldn't you pay the price? Because, well, go ahead, why? I have to know. All right, what's the difference? It's just another nightmare. No sense my getting uptight. You know, this isn't a nightmare. You sent for me. I sent for you? You always send for me, but when I come to you, you never listen. Tell me why you shouldn't hang. You know why. Look, everybody in the world, is he's got his place in... Well, Jerome called it the scheme of things. Now, a wolf kills a lamb. Do we blame the wolf? How can we? He was made for that purpose. He can't help it. But you're not a wolf. And Jerome wasn't a lamb. I am a wolf. I had to be a wolf or it would have been curtains for me years ago. I had no parents since I was five years old. I had to shine shoes, peddle papers, or was hustle or go on to... What man has free will? Man decides whether or not... Don't talk to me about free will. I was brought up in a jungle. Other men had mean beginnings and have risen I'm not other men. I'm me. Look, something, somebody made me into what I am. The kind of guy who'd have to commit murder one day. Now, why should I have to hang for it? That, then, is the point of your brief? Whatever it is, the defense rests. But why do I say defense? I should say prosecution. Why should I be on trial? Whoever, whatever made me into what I am, should get the rope. So, you want another chance? Oh, definitely. I've got one coming. Another chance? To do what? To be what I always wanted to be. What? don't laugh. A writer... A writer, like your friend Jerome. Yeah, yeah. You see, I learned something from him. Now, he didn't have much money. How many people ever heard of him? But he was happy. You know why? Because he was creative. And he was expressing himself in the right way. You know my problem? No. I'm a creative guy, too, but I didn't have the education to to express it in stories and plays and scripts, so I expressed it in creating hustles and deals. Do you see... Yes. Not that I hustle see. I put together, the last one, that was a work of art. When I... When I had to kill Jerry, even the alibi, you've got to admit, maybe it didn't work. But it had a touch of class to it. Mm, another chance. And this time you'd become a writer. And you'd express yourself in fiction. This time, would you listen to me? <laughs> would I listen to you? Look, if this is on the level, would I forget how close I came to that rope? Will you listen to me this time, Andy? Will you? Sure, sure. I I shouldn't say this, but my job would be on the line with you. If I guess wrong, well, you've got to understand I'm going out on a limb for you. Promise, promise you'll listen to me this time. Will you promise, Andy? I promise, I promise. Mr. Fallon you're making a mistake. But he is promising. He's promised me, Mr. Paris. Okay, Mr. Fairfield. Don't say I didn't warn you. Andy, uh, will you, will you become a writer? Yeah. A fine writer? And a credit to both of us? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, look at me. You got me believing it. Andy, uh, in just one minute, a strange thing is going to happen to you. You won't be in this jail. No? Where? Where will I be? I don't know. Because you will have lived a different life, I hope. And so you will be wherever that life has taken you. But where are you going to be? Where I'm supposed to be, Andy. Watching over you, trying to guide you. And what will I have become? What you claim you wanted? A writer? A writer? Will I be rich? Famous? Why? Is it important? As long as you're creative, isn't that the main thing? Sure. Sure, that's all that counts. Andy, in 30 seconds, you'll be 37 years old, just as you are now. But instead of being in a cell, you will be wherever your different life has led you. And Andy, I hope you keep your promise and listen to me. Did he listen or didn't he? Where even angels disagree, who are we mortals to express an opinion? One thing is certain. If you're about to be hanged, it's wonderful to have a guardian angel who's willing to climb out on a limb and cut the rope. So, whom shall we meet in Act Three? A different or the same old Andrew Macefield? moving finger writes, and having writ, moves on. Nor all your piety and wit can ever lure it back to cancel half a line. Nor all your tears wash out a word of it. We humbly beg to differ with you, O great Omar Khayyam, because our man Andrew's piety and wit has lured back the moving finger, and his tears have washed out every single word of it. In his death cell, he swore, give me another chance and I'll become a great creative writer. Let me live my life again. I'll make something of myself. So, he is living it again. And he has reached this day in his new life. Hello, 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 This is Hop Around Harvey Hopkins, hopping around all over town to where the action is. And right now, the action is at the Celebrity Club Party for literary giant Andrew Macefield to celebrate the publication of his latest blockbuster of a novel, Kiss Away the Blood. Hi, Andy. Hello, Harv. Andy, they tell me Kiss Away has already been sold to the flicks for the record price of one million smackers. Congratulations. Thank you, Harv. Yes, folks, this is the fellow they call Handy. Andy Macefield because he's so handy with that typing machine. How does it feel to be the world's best-selling writer? Well, I have a deep feeling of humility and responsibility. Andy, how do you answer those highbrow critics who claim your work is violent, pornographic trash? Well, I say in all humility that Dostoevsky, Dreiser, and Hemingway were slandered in a similar fashion. I've got gin, Mr. Fallowfield. Oh, ah, so you have, Mr. Paris. You know, Mr. Fallowfield, this is the first time in 37 years I've been able to beat you at gin. Your mind isn't on the game. No, I suppose not. It's that client of mine. It happens you did the right thing, you saved him. No, Mr. Paris. I didn't save him. How can you say that? He's a great success. No, he's a failure. When I saved him from the rope, he promised to listen to me. Well, he did. Look at him today. He didn't listen to a word I said. He squandered his gifts. He frittered away his talent. He said he wanted to be truly creative, like his friend Jerome Carlson... But he lied to me. All he wanted... All he wanted was success. What's wrong with success? You mean creative people have to starve. No, no, no. A man must be true to himself. Or his soul becomes twisted and deformed, mean and diseased. Mr. Fallowfield, you did a wonderful job with him. But he promised he would be like Jerome Carlson. With all due respect, Jerome Carlson is a Schlemian. Mm, Perhaps. But Jerry Carlson has two things Andrew Maysfield covets. Is that so? Yes. Jerry has talent. And Jerry has Marguerite. And for those two things, Andrew Maysfield will be willing to commit murder. And I have to stop him somehow. I'm going down. You there. can't keep going down. There. It's the only way he doesn't listen to me. I must confront him. But the brass here doesn't want us to keep going down there all the time. Every 37 years? I think that should be allowed. <coughs> all they want. You can laugh all the way to the bank. Folks, let's hear it for one of the sweetest, most humble guys on earth, Andy, Andy Macefield. Well, that's finally over. Mind if I turn the TV off?
1: Jerome, why didn't we go to that party?
0: Marguerite, my dear, you know what I think of those parties.
1: Andy begged you to come. I wouldn't be seen. I know, I know. You wouldn't be seen at a place where rich, successful people get together. You like to wallow around with miserable, neurotic losers. Failures, like yourself. I don't think of myself as a loser,
0: and I don't believe I'm a failure. I write what I please.
1: Maybe it pleases you. It doesn't seem to please anybody else. I have faith in myself. and one day... Certainly, one day when we're old and gray. Didn't you
0: feel sorry for that pompous jackass preening himself on that program? I am filled with humility. You're
1: jealous.
0: Me? Jealous of that untalented slob?
1: He's a fine, sensitive, humble human being.
0: You know, Marguerite, maybe you should have married Andy.
1: Maybe I should have.
0: Andy. Where were you? You didn't show up for the party. Andy, you
1: knew Jerry would refuse to go. I
0: lined up a whole gang of people for him to meet. Agents, publishers, producers. He could have done himself some good. Why didn't he want to come? He's working on his book. Oh, his
1: book. All right. Let's forget it. Where is he now? Where would he be at midnight? Sound asleep. Marguerite. Uh, No, no, Andy. don't. Marguerite, I love you, darling. He's your best friend. I can't help that.
0: You mean more to me. He, he's shortchanging you, darling. He gives you nothing. You even have to support him. Andy, he, he's really a great writer. Yes, a great writer who nobody ever reads. Oh, please. Oh, you keep working, honey. Keep doing without. Keep worrying about paying the bills. Get lines in your face and age before your time.
1: I, I, I don't know what to do. Divorce him. Oh, I can't. He'd never let me leave him to go with you. That would be the final outrage. He'd kill me before he'd let you have me. What are you saying? Andy, there's only one way I could ever leave him to go with you. And that's if he were dead. I don't believe it. You mean you don't want to believe it? But you're a realist. You know the things that have to be done to get what you want. Think about it. Think about what? Reality. Good
0: evening, Andy. What? Well, who are you? An old friend. How did you get in here? Uh, my name is Fallowfield. I don't believe this. You didn't believe it 37 years ago either. How could you have gotten in here? The door's locked, the window on 28 floors above the ground. Andy, 37 years ago, this very day, you promised you'd listen to me. You faced the scaffold. I gave you another chance. Wow. Keep talking. I'm having a vision. No, this is all real. I'm breaking the rules. What rules? I don't want you to hang. Hang? Me? Why? For the same reason you were sentenced last time. For the murder of Jerome Carlson. You're nuts. Or I'm nuts. Do you think I'd kill Jerome just for Marguerite? (laughs) I mean, I'm tempted, but no dice. You wouldn't kill Jerome just for Marguerite. Perhaps... But you would kill him for Marguerite and And what? And his talent. What are you saying? I can't say any more. I've said too much already. I have to leave. I'll keep trying to advise you and guide you in the usual way. But this time please listen. Oh, sure. Look, Mr uh, Fallowfield. Where'd he go? This is something. I'm, I'm dreaming while I'm wide awake. Well, it's Jerome. Busy, Andy? When a pal knocks at the door, come on in. What have you got there? In this little carton... Well, it looks like a manuscript. It is. But to call it a manuscript hardly describes it. It represents my entire life's work. In what a way? It's my life as a writer, Andy. Everything I ever saw, it felt. And this manuscript, this... These 500 pages... <laughs> they decide whether I have the right to call myself a novelist. Well, I'm sure it's great. What's it called? The Garrison of the Dead great title. What's it about? It's about all of us. (laughs) Sounds heavy. You are my closest friend. I value your opinion. I want you to be the first to read it. Oh, Jerry, I'm honored. Oh, Marguerite, uh, turn on the TV. Andy's going to be on the show with that that obnoxious Harvey Hopkins again.
1: If he's so obnoxious, why do you listen?
0: Oh, I haven't seen Andy in weeks, ever since I gave him my manuscript to read.
1: And when do I haven't heard from him?
0: Andy, word from your publisher is that your newest novel is the greatest ever written by an American. Different, completely different from anything you ever did before. I quote, a big, brooding, philosophical... Yes, that's true. What's the title, Andy? The Garrison of the Dead. But that, that's my title. Sounds like a blockbuster. That's my book. But well, you see, man gathers in groups, but these are truly garrisons. And man thinks he's fighting for life, but in reality, he's already dead. That
1: oh, is read. It's mine. It's mine. He stole my book. Calm yourself, my dear. You stole my book. What book? The
0: one I asked you to read. Jerry, are you ill? Do you deny that you stole my Jerry. book? I asked you to read it so you would see what you could have written if you hadn't frittered away your talents. I wanted you to read the work of a novelist, you pornographic hack. Jerry, you've gone crazy. You won't get away with it. I'll sue you for plagiarism. I'll expose you for the fraud you Jerry, are. Jerry, please, don't make a fool of yourself. Happy,
1: we're in trouble. Why, Marguerite? trial tomorrow, the the plagiarism trial. Andy, Jerry has proof. Proof!
0: How could he have proof?
1: He's been writing Garrison for 20 years. He he started when he was in the army overseas. The first two chapters were published in some obscure provincial magazine in Germany.
0: What are you saying?
1: Well, the magazine went under years ago, but he has a copy with those two chapters and an outline. Andy, tomorrow in court he can destroy you. Us? Now, wait. Just wait.
0: I've got an idea. Suddenly I've got an idea. What time is it now? At six o'clock. All right. Drive over to my apartment. I've got a plan, Marguerite. And it's foolproof. <laughs> that gun away, Andy. You're crazy this, this trial has generated too much publicity. Everyone will know that you killed me, and why? You forget that I'll have an alibi. How could I have killed you here in South Freehold at 10 p.m. if I was at my apartment in Northeast? Marjorie's covering for you won't help. What was she doing in your apartment anyhow? People, people will ask! You came to me as your loyal, loving wife to beg me no. to go easy on no you. no, you won't get away with it. Oh, yes. At 10 p.m., when you were killed... By a burglar, no. I'll be able to prove I was in my apartment. Would your wife lie to save me? No. So you see, Jerome, I get it all. The woman, the fame. No. And you won't get the chance to show that magazine. You, you won't get away with it. I keep no. saying that if no, it makes won't. you feel better. No, no please, Anthony, no. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm really sorry. But I had to have that book. Hello? Marguerite? It's exactly ten. And? And we no longer have a problem. I'll get on the turnpike and see you in an hour. You were here
1: with me all the time, darling. Of course.
0: I'd better use the automatic lane so that no collector might see me and pick up my ticket. Hold it, hold it. Here's our man, boys. Well, what's the matter, Sergeant? Sir, it is my present duty to inform you that exactly four minutes past ten this evening... You have become the one millionth motorist to use the turnpike. What? The turnpike authority presents you with this savings bond. All right. Take his picture, boys. Hold it right there, sir. Now, sir, what's your name? Mr. Sullivan. Paris. So I see, Mr. Fallowfield. Incidentally, do you hear someone calling to you? Yes. But as you like to say, you win some, you lose some. Well, what do we know for sure? We know for sure that back at that toll booth, they asked Andy his name, and his name turned out to be Mud. And uh, what does it prove? It proves that after a while, even the most patient, kindly guardian angel will stop listening if you irritate him long enough. So, please listen to yours. I shall return shortly. chances do you get? Just one? Well, how do you know? And what are you doing now? Is it something you may have done before? And paid a price for? How do you know? Since you never know, and since there's no one who can really tell you, stay with what you can count on. And you can count on being with us seven times a week right here on my mystery theater. Our cast included Mandel Kramer, Joan Lovejoy, Cork Benson, Leon Janney, and Bob Caliban. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. <laughs> And now, a preview of our next tale. It's incredible. That's what it is. Now,
1: just a minute. You say she was willing to pay $1,000 for it. Imitation leopard skin. (laughs) But she wanted it and had to have it for her twin sister. Yeah, well, I I don't buy that,
0: Mother. Uh, This uh, second attempt to get a hold of the coat. I mean, by a guy who was ready to kill us in an accident if it turned out that way. No. There's something about that coat. Something somebody wants.
1: Yes, but... What could anyone want with an imitation leopard-skin coat? Where'd you buy it, Rose? Harrods in London?
0: I wish I knew how to straighten out the mystery of Rose's coat.
1: Oh, dear. You don't straighten out a mystery, you solve it. And I ought to know, I've read hundreds of them every year. I solve most of them, too. (laughs) We'll try solving this one, then, Aunt Ruth. Well, as a matter of fact, I've been thinking. And I may have the answer.
0: This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater